Sunday morning live stream with Pastor Dale Sparks on Truth Radio. It is our desire today that as the word goes forth in the time of prayer, that you would turn your home into a place of prayer. In the time of worship, that you would turn your house into a house of worship and allow God's presence to dwell among you and your family. Once again, we want to wish all of you a wonderful Resurrection Sunday, and thank you for listening to Truth Radio. At this time, we are going to turn it over to Pastor Daryl Sparks. God bless. of praise. We're so glad that you decided to tune in to our service this morning. Uh, we're very happy to have you here with us today. Um, we're going to start with a time of worship. So I'd ask of you, if you feel comfortable, if you could just lift your hands right now and entertain the presence of the Lord in your living room, in your vehicle, wherever you are right now. Can you lift your hands? Can you close your eyes? Jesus, we need you right now. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that we can still have the liberty to worship you and the freedom to magnify your name. Lord Jesus, that you would touch every mind and heart, God, in every living room, God, wherever they are right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, have your way in this place and in their homes today. In the name of Jesus Christ, worship with us today.
risen, he is alive, for he is alive, the ground begin to shake, we declare, the ground began to shake, the storm was rolled away, his perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King has rendered you defeated. Forever He is glorified. Forever He is lifted high. We sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb is overcome, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb your voice and sing it with us today. We sing hallelujah. We declare today. We sing hallelujah. Hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. I feel his presence one more time as an anthem right now. We sing. We sing hallelujah. We declare the enemy's been defeated. Before you, I bow. 
lift your hands. If you feel his presence in the room, can you lift your hands? And can you sing hallelujah to the lamb that was slain for our sins? One more time as an anthem we sing. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. The lamb is overcome. Can you worship him, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together? Come on, take a moment and worship him. He's worthy of our highest praise. He came from heaven above to the earth where we were for our sins. He wrapped himself in flesh and came and hung on a cross for our salvation. Worship his name. Magnify him. He's worthy of everything that we can give. We magnify your name today, Jesus. We declare you are the risen king. We magnify your name today, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Moving on to the next part of our service today. We want to take a moment uh, for a time of prayer for our nation. Um, a lot of troubling things are going on in our world today. A lot of chaos and uncertainty. But there is a God who sits on the throne today. And we serve him. And we have hope in Jesus when everything else is uncertain. So we're going to take a moment and pray for our president, our vice president, our senators, our representatives, um, our governors our mayors all over this nation, all over this world, our leaders today, and also for the remainder of this service that God would speak to you today and give you a word of hope today in the name of Jesus. Just take a moment and join with us in prayer right now. Jesus, we look to you right now with expectancy, with faith, Lord. We believe, God, that when we call your name in faith, we believe that you will answer our prayers. In the name of Jesus Christ, we put our leaders before you. We pray, God, that you touch our presence Lord, we pray for President Trump right now, Jesus. We pray for our Vice President, Mike Pence, that you put your angels round about them, that you'd help them in every decision, every choice that they have to make concerning this nation. God, I pray for every leader in our world, that you'd give them wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Lord God, I pray for our representatives, our senators, God, the decisions that they have to make, God. I pray, Lord, for our governor, God, our mayors all across this state, all across the world. God, that you minister to them, give them direction, guide and lead them in this moment of chaos. In the name of Jesus, we pray, God, that you'd anoint pastor right now, God, that you'd help him to come and deliver a word of hope and encouragement to your people. We give you all the glory and the praise. We magnify your name because we believe we have hope in you, Jesus. When our world is in chaos, we worship you in the midst of everything, we magnify your name and give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. And everybody said, Amen. Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. We're missing you today. Wish we could share Easter with every one of you. And it's the family today, but you are our family and we wish you were here. And can't wait until we can have church again together. And not like this. I'm, it's, this is fun, but it's not real church. So I'm, I'm just missing you all, and I want you to know that. But because Jesus lives, we can face tomorrow. And anything that comes our way, 
We can face it because we have our hope in Jesus. And if you have your hope in anything but Jesus, you'll not make it. You have to have your hope in Jesus. Happy Easter to all of you. Um, what a beautiful day it is today. I want to thank Sister Kelsey for taking Easter baskets to all of our kids. And I'm glad they could do that. And then Sister Sparks, the flowers to the ladies. I don't know about you, but I think it's a great day to be alive. And I also want to thank Brother Damien, Brother Devin, and Brother Darrell for our worship music over the last few days that they have been doing it. And I appreciate that very much. Today I'd like to draw your attention to Matthew 27 and 62. Matthew 27 and verse 62. Again, Happy Easter to all of you. Amen, amen. Matthew 27 and verse 62. Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last heirs shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch, go your way. 
make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Again, verse 65, ye have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. My Easter message today is a word of hope. A word of hope. I don't think we truly understand the power of a word of hope. Martin Luther said, everything that is done in this world is done by hope. Our scripture text today begin with verse 62 and we find two groups of people mentioned in this verse. The chief priests, which was made up of some of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. It's interesting that these two groups opposed each other doctrinally. But the Bible states they came together. They were doctrinally opposed to one another, yet they had a kindred spirit. Now I think this is so interesting. One of the main items of contention between these two groups was the doctrine of resurrection. It's important to understand the timing of our scripture text. We, begin, we began reading in verse number 62. We find this statement in verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Our scripture text occurs after the death of Jesus Christ. Jesus has already died and he has already been placed inside of the tomb. And here we find these religious leaders back at it again. Can I just insert, the enemies of truth never stop attacking truth. It seems like they would have been content with their victory. It seems like they would have been celebrating. What's motivating these religious leaders to action at this time? Why can't they just stop? Let us look back one chapter to chapter 26 of Matthew. And we look at the trial of Jesus. Remember, these religious leaders are saying that His disciples are going to play an important part in this drama. So let's look at the facts. How many disciples do you see standing in the courtroom vocalizing their support for Jesus? How many disciples do you see just standing beside Jesus during the trial? How many disciples do you see standing anywhere in the courtroom during the trial of Jesus? How many disciples do you see standing anywhere near the high priest's palace? I find only one, and his name is Peter. And we see just how bold Peter was that day because Peter even denied knowing Jesus. So these disciples weren't there because their hopes had been crushed. So why did they fear the disciples? Oh, because they were such great swordsmen as Peter demonstrated in the garden. Peter was a greater danger to himself than he was to the soldiers. Yet their request for guards at the tomb was based on the presumed actions of Jesus' frightened disciples. 
those disciples who were nowhere to be found during Jesus' trial. To fear the disciples was such folly. Then, did they believe that maybe God would resurrect the man Christ Jesus? Then, if that was true, then they, did they believe that they could stop God with a stone and some guards? That was foolish. No, a million times no. But look at verse 64. We find the answer in this verse. Command therefore the sepulcher, be made sure, be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. They did not care that the disciples came and took the body of Jesus away. They would have let the birds eat the flesh of Jesus off of the cross. The motivation for their actions is found in this statement, and say unto the people. Why were they afraid of what the disciples would say? Here are the words that scared those religious leaders to action. This is the message that must be stopped at any cost. He is risen from the dead. Can you say that with me? He is risen from the dead. That message scares hell. That message scares every demon in hell. That message scares the devil himself. He is risen from the dead. The power of the testimony of a resurrected Christ. The power of the word drove these religious leaders to foolish action. The religious leaders definitely never believed that Jesus would rise from the dead, but they knew the power of a resurrection message, whether it was true or false. Let me put it another way. They were afraid of a word of hope being spoken. They fear Their fear caused them to forsake their own religious duties that they should have been performing that day when they went to see Pilate. See, they accused Jesus of violating the Sabbath, but they themselves requested a violation of the Sabbath. It was their fears that attempted to silence the word of hope. It was a desperate people taking desperate means to try and contain the un containable, a desperate attempt to terminate the eternal. And folks, that's what's going on even today in the year 2020. How could humanity ever expect to stop an almighty God? But look again at the latter part of verse number 64. So the last error shall be worse than the first. You must realize that this is the evaluation of the enemy. This is not the words of Holy Ghost filled people. These people are an enemy to truth and to God. But the enemy realized the power of a word of hope. What was it that they were referring to in this statement? First error. They were referring to the words that Jesus had spoken. Here's the testimony of those religious leaders. Sir... 
We remember that deceiver, the referring to Jesus. That deceiver said, while he was yet alive. Little did they know he was about to be alive again. After three days, I will rise again. To them, this was the first erroneous statement. There is power in the written and the spoken words of Jesus. This word when it is read. This word when it is taught. This word when it is preached. Can and will transform lives. There is power in the word of God. His words are spirit and they are life. His words are a word of hope. I wish we had as much faith in the words of God as the enemy of truth. I want to say it again. I wish we had as much faith in the words of God as the enemies of truth have in the words of God. They were scared of the word of hope, and rightly so. Look at the power of the word of hope we find in Acts chapter 17 and verse 6. Acts 17 and verse 6. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Look at their own testimony. This is the testimony of the world. These that have turned the world upside down. But look at verse number 2 of that chapter. This is what happened before they testified how that they had turned the world upside down. Verse number 2. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered. Watch, here it comes. That word of hope. That word that scares the enemy of truth. Here it is. And risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preached unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. Why? Because the power of the testimony of the resurrecting power of Christ. Paul was preaching a word of hope. Church, we need to step into the enemy's camp. Let us hear what they are saying. They said this, So the last error shall be worse than the first. The enemy is moved to action to silence a word of hope. A lack of hope keeps the liquor stores open during this pandemic because they have to drown their fears because they have no source of hope in which to trust. A lack of hope keeps the addicts strung out on drugs. That's the reason why the enemy must silence a word of hope. A word of hope cleans up an addict and an alcoholic. Look at the word of Jesus who is prophesying in John chapter 14 and verse number 12. This is the words of an almighty God as he is speaking. Verily, verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works I do shall he do also. But look at the next words he says, and greater works 
and greater works and greater works than these shall he do. Why? Because I go unto my Father. Hallelujah! The only way he could go unto the Father is if there was a cross and if there was a tomb and if there was a resurrected Christ. The greatest fear of the enemy is not that Jesus' followers will be armed with swords and shields and armed with AK-47s and with tanks, but they fear the last era. What were they referring to when they compared the effect that Jesus had on this world by the words that he spoke? Come on. By the words that he spoke when he was alive, compared to the effect that the testimony of some disciples who had a word of hope because of their first-hand experience of the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah! Was it the enemy that feared? What was it the enemy feared? I'll tell you what they feared. It wasn't they were fearing their good looks or their talents. Uh, here is what they were fearing. It was the word of hope. It was the testimony. I'll tell you what the enemy is fearing today. It is fearing that we will give this world a word of hope. It is they are fearing that we will give our testimony. It's a church in a hopeless world who has a word of hope because there's no way I would be in the church today if Christ was still in the tomb. Oh, can somebody shout hallelujah. Can someone shout, Amen? Oh, Amen, Amen, Amen. Why? Because He lives, I can have new life in Christ Jesus. Because He is alive today, I can have new life in Christ Jesus. Uh, it is something that He cannot steal from us, folks. It's our testimony. Revelation 12 and 11, And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, where was that Lamb slain? It was slain on the cross, and that's the reason why we have the blood. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, a word of hope. And they love not their lives unto the death. I don't fear death because I have a word of hope. I want to show you some examples of the power of the word of hope found in the Bible. Look at Peter's sermon a few days after Jesus rose from the grave. Look at what Peter is preaching in Acts chapter 2 verse 23. Him being delivered by the determined capital and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Verse 24, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holen of it. Oh my Lord and my God. Verse 31, he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Peter is preaching a word of hope in verse 32. This Jesus whom God hath raised up, 
whereof we all are witnesses. I'm a witness also because God has raised me up from the death of sin and given me life and life more abundant. Verse 33, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has showed forth this which ye now see and hear. Here, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that Jesus hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And then verse 37, Now when they heard this, when they had heard the word of hope, they were pricked in their heart because the word of hope begins to work on our hearts, folks. And they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall I do? This word of hope, it does something to our soul. It causes us to want to know what we need to do so we can have hope. And verse number 38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Now look at verse number 41. Then they that gladly received his word, the word of hope, were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls were saved that day. That's what they were afraid of in Matthew 27. The first message preached after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost was a message of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The testimony of a risen Christ. I have a word of hope for you today. Jesus Christ is alive. Jesus Christ is alive. Just what they sang about just a few moments ago. He is alive and alive forevermore. And if He is alive, and yes He is, then you have a hope of eternal life. Apostle Paul penned these words in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. How? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans 15 and 13 talks about our God of hope. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Why? That ye may abound in hope. How is it possible? It's possible through the power of the Holy Ghost. And the only reason why you can have the Holy Ghost is because of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's a word of hope. That's a word of hope. Hallelujah! And that's what the enemies of Jesus Christ was afraid would happen. This verse is a powerful word 
of hope. Look at how this verse is written by Apostle Paul. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. This world is seeking after some type of joy. They are longing for a sense of peace. This world believes that they could just find true hope and joy and peace. They would be in the utopia of life. But Paul leads us to something even greater than just joy and greater than just peace. He states that ye may abound in hope. See, joy and peace is what you can experience in this life. It's a present blessing and thank God for the joy and the peace we have in the Holy Ghost. But hope is about our future. It takes us beyond death and the grave. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why the enemies of truth wanted to silence them because they wanted to silence the word of hope. And folks, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a word of hope for you today. In our story today, hope is provided by experience. The disciples had hope because they discovered that Jesus was alive. Apostle Peter would later write these words. Oh, you need to hear these words. First Peter 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again. What? Unto a lively hope. How? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Oh, church of the living God. Oh, you need to hear this message today. We have a lively hope. I'm preaching about a word of hope, but it's a word that's a lively word because it's a lively hope. And how is it made possible? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And if it happened to Him, it can happen to us. I do not fear death. I do not fear what this life will bring my way. I have a word of hope for someone today. Jesus is alive. Can you say it with me? Jesus is alive. Can you say it with me one more time? Jesus is alive. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for resurrection. Thank God for resurrection. Oh, hallelujah. But the big question today, do you want new life in Christ Jesus? What good is a word of hope if you don't apply that word to your own life? It's more than just hearing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's about experiencing the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You need to experience the death and that's through rep repentance. You need to experience that burying and how is that? Through baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and you need to experience You need to experience the infilling of the Holy Ghost by the evidence of speaking in tongues. Oh, would you join with me right now and let's pray. 
if you've never experienced uh, that resurrecting power of the Holy Ghost, uh, I'm here to tell you it's real and you can have it right now. It begins when you repent. That's asking God to forgive you of all of your sins. Oh, hallelujah. It's for you to be honest with God. Put everything on the altar. Allow the blood to cover all of your sins. And then to allow the Holy Ghost to fill you. And as you begin to pray after you've repented, then you need to begin to worship the Lord because He is worthy of all praise. Can we pray? Lord God Almighty, I'm asking You, Lord, to touch every mind and every heart that has heard this word of hope today. I ask you, God, to lead us, Lord, into all truth. Oh, Lord, by your power and your anointing, fill some soul today on this Easter Sunday with the Holy Ghost. Fill them, God, with a message of hope that they can have joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that you would stir us, lead us, God, according to your anointing. In the name of Jesus, you can continue to pray if you would like to as God continues to deal with you and allow the Holy Ghost to work in your life. Until we meet again, may God keep you and anoint you and lead you in Jesus' name.